With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, she's back. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everybody's got their pen and pads. I hope they got everything ready because she's back. She's back. We have an interesting show tonight, a powerful show. And, Brian, I'm, I've been missing this show. We haven't been doing it as much as we have in the past. And I tell you what, this is a great night to have her on because I feel good. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, I've, you know, with this being the start of hurricane season, you know, most people are expecting that, oh, we're going to get hurt, hit by a hurricane and gas prices are going to go up. Remember, we talked about the gas prices last week. Oh, God, <laughs> don't break that up. <laughs> you know, but I've, I've entered this new season, you know, instead of calling it a hurricane season, I've called it my season of renewal where I'm beginning to expect something. And one of the things I've started doing is I finally started on my exercise and program Mm. this was something that i've been talking about for months and months and months and i finally decided to go ahead and get started so my arms are burning right now and and my legs are a little you know tight right now (laughs) but because i i finally went ahead and and got started you Mm -hmm. know and i think that's something that we're going to talk a little bit about tonight you know when you're expecting great things and that's the topic for to show for the show tonight Mm -hmm. expect great things when you're expecting great things there's always a price that you have to invest i don't want to say you have to pay for it you have to invest something into and uh, into whatever you're expecting in order to get a return yes yes that's so true but so many people brian so many of us we miss it because we think it's supposed to happen overnight i've been believing and expecting great things to happen for me for so many years, but guess what? It never happened back then, and why should I waste my time expecting it to happen now? Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. okay. We have, <laughs> that's okay. We have somebody on the night that's gonna gonna definitely tell us that that's thinking, thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, she's and, just gonna and again, put it we, out there. Yeah, she's just yeah. gonna put it out there. Yeah, she's gonna definitely put it out there. And uh, Greg. First of all, before we get started, let's go ahead and give out the call-in number for any of our listeners that may want to call in and okay, go ahead. comment or have questions. Call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And, Greg, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest again for tonight? Oh, man. She needs no introduction, Brian. <laughs> When I tell you this is a mighty and powerful woman, Brian, she needs to be on television. She's doing a wonderful job of 
being on radio, and I just saw her being featured on a show just last week. I saw her on Blog Talk's main webpage. She didn't think I saw her. She didn't think I'm paying attention, but <laughs> I am paying close attention to what she's doing. I listen to her shows, and, Brian, I tell you what, if you want to go in the right direction, if you want truth, if you want honesty, if you want someone to tell you what you need to do to get up and get your life going, tonight's guest is who we all need. Brian, she, her platform is big. It, it, it's going to get bigger. And I'm telling you, Ms. Robeck, you remember that name, Robeck. You've heard it here on the Abundant Solutions Hour. Brian, I'm saying it, and I'm speaking it to an existence. Watch how big our guest becomes. Watch how many people will know her. She's already big. She's already <laughs> big, and she's already doing great things. I'm just excited. And for everybody out there listening, please welcome Robeck. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I accept that you speak that greatness into my life, and I accept it, and, and I'm definitely going to, to use that as a platform that's wonderful energy. Yes, it is. But you, yes, you know what? You, you blessed us uh, the last time you were on the show. So many people were taking notes, and they got so much from the things that you were talking about. And it was just amazing for us. And Brian said, man, we need to have her back on for a part two. And that's why tonight, we came up with such a wonderful topic because so many people are living their lives, they're settling, they're not believing and holding on to the things that they really want in life. They're not doing the things that they were created to do. So, Ms. Beck, what would you tell someone that says, I've been expecting great things to happen in my life, all my life, and it's just not happening. What do I do? Change your thoughts. <laughs> Change your thoughts. On Sunday, I taught about this on Sunday morning, that it's amazing to me how we just don't get it. It's unfortunate we just don't get it. If you had a cut on your leg, let's say somebody went bicycling or whatever, you fell, you got a gash at your ankle or in your leg, it was the cut, it's, it's open, it's a little, you know, oozing maybe. I wouldn't have to tell anyone that you'd need to do something about that whether it's wash it off with a little peroxide, bandage it. If it's really bad, go to the doctor. You don't have to tell anybody that. But when it comes to our minds, we sort of think that they can just go unchecked. We can, And you said stinking thinking earlier. We believe that that stinking thinking will just kind of disappear. No, just the same way you would attend a cut or a dysfunction in your body, the same way you have to pay attention to the dysfunctions in your mind. Wow. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. We don't pay attention to anything that's happening above our chin, okay, unless you have a sinus problem. But other than that, we're not thinking about the mind in the way we should. So before we can get to the point of expecting great things, I want everybody to be mindful that you have to look at your mind. I work with so many people, and they'll tell me what they want or what they expect. Or Sometimes in, in coaching we do um, this thing called healing dialogues where we try to sort of heal some of the issues that exist in a person's life. And I can't tell you how many times I, to I just listen to them talk, and their, their speech is a reflection of what's going on internally. And the negativity that comes out of their mouth would blow you away. 
they say that they're just joking, but you joke yourself into a bad place. Mm-hmm. So when you can't expect wonderful things to happen, you can't expect it when you, you don't have that in your mind, when your mind is tainted and socialized in a different way. So the first thing we have to do is do a spring cleaning of our minds. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian, I, I, there's so many people out there that are listening to you right now, and they're just thinking, how do I change my thoughts? How in the world can I change my thoughts? My thoughts have been with me all of my life, but I guess that's why they're getting what they're getting. So how can they change their thoughts? How can they keep up with you know, a pattern of how they're thinking and to be conscious of what they're thinking? Well, the first thing I want to tell people is that it, it requires work and effort, uh, which I know sometimes we think that, oh, I'm just going to say positive things and think positive uh, thoughts, and that'll do it. But underneath the speech pattern and that t- top thought that you're, you're thinking that wonderful thought about flowers or trees or you do your affirmations, underneath that is a lifelong pattern of thinking. So I'd need you to go back a little bit and get a little deeper into your mind and maybe start to jot for a period of a week. Watch what you say. Write down. If you catch yourself saying something negative, just don't correct yourself and say, nope, I meant no. Follow that thought. Where did that come from? So if, you, if your, your thing is money, for example, you hear people say all the time, oh, gosh, I'm so broke, I can't stand it, I'm so broke, I'm so broke, I'm so broke. So what happens? You're broke. What are you putting out into the universe? You just said, I'm so broke. Mm-hmm. The universe is not editing what you're asking for. It's not saying, oh, no, what you meant to say was. It's mm-hmm. affirming that what you're already saying and what you're stating about yourself. So many people will say to me, well, I'm, I can't sit there and say, well, I'm, I'm full of abundance, I'm rich, I'm wealthy beyond measure, because that's not true. And I say, fake it till you make it. Keep saying it, and your mentality changes. You cannot attract greatness, wealth, wonderful relationships, whatever it is that you're going for, with this sort of dark, dank, spoiled out-of-control mentality. And in that mentality, I would also encourage you to think about the way you speak to other people, what you think about other people. Do you Are you quick to anger? And if you start looking for those things first, those are the things that need to be cleaned up before we can have a clearer path of consciousness. Now, once you have your clear path of consciousness, then we can start to put things in to shift everything. But there's a lot of spring cleaning. People have closets. Mentality is like a closet. You know, you ever go to somebody's house and the closet is packed tight? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. stuff in there. And you open the door, they stick their hand in, they get what they want to get out, and they keep, keep it moving. But eventually something happens, the pressure gives way, and stuff starts falling out. And you have no control over that because you don't even know what's in it. You don't know what you put in there in 1969. So the stuff on the top that you put in there a couple of years ago, everything starts falling out at inappropriate times. So you have a mentality that's not working in your favor. You know, it's so funny. You put these, you put these things into so simple terms. You know, I, when you start talking about, you know, people's minds are like closets. I think to where, on a regular basis. I go through and I clean my closet. 
my closet out. Good. Whatever clothes I haven't worn for like maybe a year or so, I will bag them up and I will get rid of them. If they have holes in them or anything, I bag them up and I donate them. And I make my children do the same thing. I make them go through their toy boxes because I said there's no use in keeping stuff that you're not going to use. Exactly. You know, and that's that's the same way I believe with mentalities. You know, if it's negative and you're using it, you know, if you have positive ideas and you're not using them, you might as well just get rid of them. <laughs> you know, give them to somebody else. Right. You know, you let somebody make some good use out of it because if they just sit in the closet the whole time and collect dust and moss, eat it up, you know, it's not going to be worth anything once somebody finally pulls it out of that closet and says, hey, you know what, I could have used this, but now it's, you know, I'm too big for it or I'm too small for it or it's not in style anymore, you know, and that's a, a lot of times how our thoughts are, you know. Harvey, you just said something perfect. You just said Sometimes I'm too big for it, which is a point I want to bring up. Just like we outgrow clothing, we outgrow mental states. Mm. So maybe your family had a way of looking at things, and then you also had a way of looking at things, and it's just kind of there in the back of your mind. That's just the way we do things, and that's just how I feel. Or A lot of things people like to say is, that's just how I am. That's just my personality. You have to understand on the path of enlightenment or awareness to get out of the sleepwalking state that most of us are in. You have to understand you outgrow certain patterns and certain forms of mentality. And the only way, if you're not highly conscious, the only way for you to know that is to start to check yourself, to do an internal check. Let's say, for example, you go into a situation and your response to something that's happening in that room is a negative one. You feel a certain kind of way. Well, you feel a certain kind of way because you're, you, in the story of your life, that is how you are supposed to react. Mm-hmm. That is an opportunity now for you to say, wait a minute, can I look at this another way? Because if you can't look at, you know, whatever it is on a small scale another way, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to do an expectation exercise because that's not your story. That's not what you do. What you do is complain. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to be a verbal complainer. You can be an internal complainer, which is probably worse in many ways. You just don't expect it. it never, Like you said at the top of the show, It's never happened for me. It's never happened in my family. Those things just don't happen. That's a bunch of stuff people write books about. No, it's not. It happens. And I can tell you I've been doing this work for a long time, and any time I'm looking for an expectation and it's not manifesting, I do a check. I ask myself, what is going on in your mind why you're not bringing to fruition what you want? Are you being lazy? Are you being fearful? Are you excited about what you're expecting? Are you practicing uh, attraction? Are you staying focused? Are you bringing high vibrational tone to the situation? If I'm walking around saying, oh, you know, I'm going to be on Gregory and Brian's show. I, I guess I'll call and see if I can do it. I don't uh, yeah, that, that. Nobody wants that. You right. guys wouldn't have invited me back. That's right. 
right? <laughs> I had to, right? You have to be excited about what you're doing. You have to be in the position to always be of service. So you guys have the show, which is a wonderful, wonderful show, and it's a vehicle of service. That naturally attracts people. Yes. Now, if you can stay in your house, Gregory, and you can stay in your house, Brian, and never communicate and never make a movement to do anything and say, boy, I sure wish I was on the radio. If somebody give me an opportunity to be on the radio, boy, it would be great. Gee, wow, wow, wow. And five years later, we're hearing the same song. Boy, that never worked out. See, things never work out for me. I, I could have done that. But you're not. You're doing it. Right, right. You know, and that's, that's the so difference. I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm saying then that that makes the difference that you're doing it. So the part of the expectation is that expectation is not a passive activity. It's not where you sit down and you just like, well, shoot, I hope I get some more money. Let me go back to watching TV. Well, what are you going to do? It's not magic. It's not. Expectation, law of attraction, uh, prayer, whatever your mean for communication is in terms of tapping into what this universe has to offer. And it doesn't matter what your religion is, and I'll bring that up because I know that comes up for people, religion sometimes. Whether you're a Christian, you're a Buddhist, whether you're Islamic, it doesn't matter because in every, almost every world religious teaching, there is a degree of asking and receiving. Mm. There is a degree of, ex- when, even in Christian tradition, they tell you, pray believing that you receive it. So you're praying, believing that it's already done. And so if, you, if you have, your belief is in God, a divine intelligence, the absolute, whatever your tradition may be, there is some divine intelligence at work in the universe. And I would further go further to say that we can't be on this planet existing the way we exist without having some degree of spiritual inheritance, something that we can tap into to make our lives and the lives of other people better. Why would it be that one person can be wealthy and another person is not? They both have blood. They both have DNA. They walk. They talk. What's the difference? It's the mentality. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's, you know, I, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine today, and we were talking about, you know, because he was saying, you know, there's no job market. There's no jobs out there. Nobody, you know, nobody has any work. And what I was telling him, I said, you know, there are plenty of jobs out there. It's just that most people don't want to do those jobs. Mm-hmm. I said, I've seen people where they complain they can't get a job they can't get a job and they just sit around and they don't work and i've seen other people who said i can't get a job i can't get a job and they create their own job you know and i'm thinking if there's a need out there for somebody for you to do something you know find out what people need and then do that you don't have to do it forever you can actually do it long enough to where you can create some income for yourself and maybe for others, and then you pay them to do it, and you manage it. But most people, their mindsets aren't even there. They believe all I can do is work for somebody. All I can do is work for somebody. I can't just stop what I'm doing and create my own job because I don't have the money. But you don't always need the money. You just need the mentality. The money will there come. There you go. You need the mentality. You hit the nail on the head with that one. 
But the, the problem, now let's go to why people don't have the mentality. Because I think that we can talk about what you can do, but let's get to the root of the problem. I find that there are a lot of people who are walking around functionally depressed. Mm-hmm. They get up, they go to work, they do what they have to do, they go to church, they you know, participate with their children, they do, they're living a life. So if you just looked at them, they don't look like anything's really wrong with them. But if you spend time and you start to talk to them, you realize, oh, you're depressed. Yeah. And it's more people than you know. Depression, and I want to really stress this, depression is not that you're rolled up in a bed somewhere and you can't function at all. That's one way it manifests itself. But a lot of people, just like they have functional alcoholics who don't drink during the week, get blasted on the weekend, but Monday morning they're sober as a judge, that's how depression works as well. People function for what they have to function for. Then when they shut down, they completely shut down. And many times they shut down in the area of their dreams and desires and expectations. So I have three kids. I'm a single mother, so to speak. I can't do anything. I, all I can do is work. I'm exhausted when I get home. I, I, just, I can't. I can't get out of this mental. What am I going to do? And you keep talking about expectation and this. There's nothing for me. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay. So you don't. Whatever you say, that's the truth. You say you can, that's the truth. You say you can't, that's the truth. But that person who's saying that is depressed. And so that's why I say it's important. If you have a pattern of not accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish, you have to look beyond it. Why? Ask yourself, why is this happening? Why do I start things and not finish them? Why do I get really excited? I call it the three-day excitement. I'll meet people and they'll say, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to sell this, I'm going to start this business, whatever. And they are high, 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 high with excitement. You come back a week later, oh, it didn't work out. A week later, it didn't work out? I said, well, what's your plan? What were you going to do with it? But all they really were living on was the fumes of the excitement. Yeah. A lot of hard work. Yeah, there's no plan. So when I coach people, the one of the things I tell you, the first thing I tell a person when they, I coach them is you come to, to, to the session with a notebook because I want you to commit to it. I need to remember what, you know, you're, you're promising. I take notes as well because there has to be a degree of accountability. Yeah, we talk about how you feel for a little bit, but feelings are secondary. Feelings have to follow behavior. The behavior changes, the feeling changes. But you can't work off your feelings. Never work off of what you feel. You get nothing done. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. Because uh, some days you feel good, some days you don't feel good. Now, let's say, for example, you guys had a rotten day, just didn't have a great day, and you didn't feel like doing the show. So you don't do it. And then next week again, you don't feel like doing the show. So you don't do it. Some people say that's like living a life in a roller coaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. One minute they're up, they come from church, they're on cloud nine. Yes. They can conquer the world, but by Tuesday, it's over. Back in that depressed state. Because everything, whether it's church, 
it's um, expectation, it's whatever your discipline is, whatever you need, it has to be done every day. You know, I, I, I teach a spiritual class on Sunday morning, and I always tell them it's work and it requires daily practice. Every day. Now, maybe Tuesday you have a call and you you know you're not completely up to it. You might be able to get away with one or two days without doing something, but that's about it. In order to keep yourself on that high, in order to keep yourself going and moving, you have to do it daily. What are you paying attention to do? Uh, people want to cater. I have a, a person who told me they want to be a caterer. No, what they wanted was a, a restaurant. And so I said, well, why don't you start catering first? No, 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 I want a restaurant. Well, right there, red flag. Mm-hmm. Because you're not interesting. You're interested in the feeling that you believe the restaurant is going to give you. And so that's what happens with expectation a lot of times. People look at whatever they want, and they get high off of the idea of the feeling they believe they're going to get from this thing. I want this great relationship. I want this perfect man. Okay, you don't want to do the things you have to do to put yourself in that position to find Mr. Right, but you want the feeling that you perceive this person is going to give you. I want a lot of money. You don't know anything about money. You don't know how to manage money. If you had a lot of money, you don't know anything about it. But you believe that having lots of money is going to give you a certain feeling, so you want to, the feeling, so you get high off the idea of the feeling. Right. Hmm. Somebody hands you a million dollars tomorrow morning, magically, what are you going to do with it? Do you know how to invest it? Do you even have the telephone number of an accountant? So you're not expecting it because you're not prepared for it. I was just going to say that with expectancy comes preparation. Absolutely. And that's something that, that, you know, most people when they pray, they pray and they leave the prayer open. They don't ask God to bless them right now. They just, it's just, they're just so used to praying. They're probably praying the same way every day mm-hmm. and just saying the same, same old prayer. And I'm not knocking anybody, but I'm just saying we need to change and pay close attention on what we're saying and what we're doing. We have to be prepared. So many people that I talk to, well, I want to start my own company. Okay, what are you going to do with your company? They can't tell me. Where is your company going to be? How many people are you going to have working for your company? What is it that you're going to do? They, they, I think they get excited about the idea, like you said, the fumes, of being a CEO or a president. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you just being the president and CEO is not going to bring any money in. you got to do something. Right. And I think what a lot of people, Ms. Baker, you could probably chime in on this, they just don't know where to start. Well, what, so, yeah. many years ago someone gave me an example, and I think it's in a book, and I, I'm sorry I don't know the name of the book to, 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 to point people toward, but it's been so many years now. But the gist of it was draw a triangle on a piece of paper. Look at it as a pyramid. The very tippy top is where you want to be. And then take it and draw lines going across horizontally. And then go backward from the top. Okay, I'm a CEO of XYZ kind of company. What happened right before that? And then what happened right before that? And what happened right before that? And what happened right before that? And keep going incrementally down until you get to the big, to the base of that pyramid. That's where you start. Mm. So you start at the top. 
And it doesn't have to be a triangle. It could be anything. You could do lines of paper. And you say, okay, I'm a CEO of XYZ Corporation. I own this. I run this. What happened a, a couple of days before that? A month before that, what did I do? Six months before that, where was I? A year before that, where was I? Two years before that, where was I? Ba 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 ba. And keep going down until you get to the bottom of the page, and it tells you now. So, for example, you want to sell hangers. I mean, I'm just making up something simple. You want to sell hangers. Maybe the first thing you need to do is go on the net and look up hangers, the history of hangers, the origin of hangers, the what kind of hangers. There are wooden hangers. There's metal hangers. Learn a little bit about hangers. Then the next thing you want to do is you might want to read some, some books. So you get some books on, on leadership. You get some books on, on running companies. Then the next thing you might want to do is say to yourself, okay, I think I'm, I know enough now that I can get uh, start a little business, not on hangers because maybe that's too, too, too fast, but I'm going to start a, a, a little business on uh, handling paper clips. I'll sell those on the net for a little while. And maybe you'll sell that on the net. Well, in order to sell that on the net, you have to know how to, to get a website. You have to know how to access your website. You have to say, well, what can I do to, 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 to um, market myself? You have to know a little bit of marketing. So there's a lot of work there. Most people are not interested in that. What they're interested in is, I want to be a company, own a company that sells hangers. Three years in the future, <laughs> I'm there. I see my office. I see the secretary. Then I see the car that I drive. Then I drive the car into my huge home, and I have a great pool. And I'm in the fantasy of it. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's all you need. If you enjoy just fantasizing and having sort of a Walter Mitty existence, then that is absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with it. But that's not going to manifest what you want. Now, if you want something, if you're looking to materially manifest something, it's a whole different ball game. You know, I want to ask you a question, and, and this is what I wrote down when you were talking earlier. I wrote down physical fitness is like – is just like mental fitness. Mm-hmm. How would you respond to that statement? I think you're absolutely right. I think it takes discipline. It takes practice. You have to be repetitive. You have to gauge your progress. You have to get advice. If You know, you said you were starting to work out. So if you're a person who works out and you're just starting, for example, like for me, I, I've just started trying to, to work out. I just bought some, some funny, you were talking about the weights, the arm weights yesterday. So for me, I know on my own, I can go ahead and I can walk, and that's a great cardiovascular exercise. And then to lift weights, I can get some information about that. But when I need to go past that, I'm going to have to get some advice. Mm. So the same thing with your mind. You have an idea that, you know what, I kind of think I'd like to do this catering thing. I think I want to start a catering business. What can I do on my own? Well, the first thing you can do, and it's absolutely free, go get a library card. Go get a library card and go to the library and sit down and pull out books on catering and cooking and recipes and start to look at that. Look at famous chefs. Read about them and start to to cultivate it in your mind. Then you might say to yourself, well, I know there has to be something with with being sanitary and maybe I have to go to the health department. Go online. What is required in your, your town to be a caterer? Do you need some kind of uh, health safety certification? Hmm. Usually that's not going to take you years to get. 
Get that. Put that under your belt. So now you've got some cooking books. You have some reference material. You know how to decorate food, present food. Now you have your safety thing. Well, I think I really want to go ahead and try it. Let me go down to the Secretary of State and get myself a business license. In most places, business licenses don't cost more than about $25 or $50, depending on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Go get yourself a business license. Well, now I've done that. What else do I need? Well, do I need to start collecting pots and pans? Well, let me look on the site for restaurants or hotels that are going out of business. Maybe I can start to collect one pot here, one pot there, sterno here. And before you know it, over even a period of six or seven months, you now have a, a body of information. Mm-hmm. Test your recipes. And that's the same thing like with physical fitness. You have to start somewhere, do as much as you can on your own, and then Seek the advice of other people, and we live in a wonderful time. The Internet has everything. That it does. (laughs) There's not much you can't find out there. Yeah. Why why are we so afraid, and why do we think we're going to fail? Because we don't know anybody who's doing it. For real. We see people on television, and we, we kind of see people, maybe if you go to a function at a hotel or something, but we don't really know anybody who does it. And that's why there's so much opportunity, because people are afraid to do it. They like talking about it, but they're not going to do it. And so there's infinite possibilities and opportunities. And also remember, we all don't want the same things. It's, the universe is never going to run out. Your fear that you're not going to have something because the guy down the block wants to open an automotive shop too, it's never going to happen that the universe will never run out. Hmm. We all don't want the same things. So I would encourage people, if you don't have anybody around you who's really doing it, go to a mega church in your town, anyone, doesn't matter whichever one it was, and just watch the minister. Because that's marketing in action. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that's you know, and that's nothing against. I'm not saying anything about the person's personality and their spirituality and their holiness. I'm simply saying, if you go to a mega church or if you can't get to one, look at look on television. Joel Osteen, for example, he seems like a nice enough guy to me, but you, that's not a stupid man. No, you don't not. stumble into that. Right. Right. And so people have to understand, even if you look at your clergy, because that's accessible for many people, they don't stumble into that. They didn't just happen to be, oh, little poor preachers in a small town someplace and magic happened. No, they had an idea. They pulled on that thread. They surrounded themselves around the right people. They got the right information. And it started to a ball rolling in which manifested in what you're sitting and seeing right now. You know, I'm flipping through pages here, and, and I have a copy of some of the world's richest people. Okay. And when I look at it, I'm looking at the guys that started Google. Mm. A garage, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ooh. They just started out, you know, getting you know getting a college degree and working in technology and. They raised $25 million from working with some uh, venture capital firms and, you know, uh, took the company public. And their stock increased by 420%. Wow. 
<laughs> Can there you, you imagine that? Should have invested in Google, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. Got it. Seriously. <laughs> you I know, but the, the beautiful thing, thing is, about that. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the thing is, they expected to do well. Yep. They expected it. Mark Cuban. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he had a little rinky-dink company. He started. I can remember when Broadcast.com started, and it was so early in all, early on in the internet. And you heard, you know, Broadcast.com. You're like, what is that? You know, you can't even get enough high speed going to get Broadcast.com. Because back then they didn't have high speed internet. Mm-hmm. So he created something that you could listen to music online and see video online, even at those slow speeds. And then what happens? He sells it for, what, $5.7 billion? Can you imagine starting a little rinky-dink company in, you know, in your house or, you know, in a little small business? You know, you may have invested about $25,000 of your own money or whatever, or, you know, whatever you've done, you borrowed some money, and then someone wants to offer you $5.7 billion for your for what you thought about doing. Because See, you were passionate about it. Think about it. It's completely possible for you to, to have that. You know, and you I'm glad you brought up money. Yeah, and it's not even about the money. No. But I want to make a point about the money. I just want to interject real quick as you're talking about that, is that don't do it for the money. Right. Do it because you're passionate about it, and it will manifest in terms of money. If you do it for the money and it's not – if you're doing something solely because you want to be wealthy, it fizzes out. You have to have a certain mentality to be able to do something just for money, and most of us don't have that kind of mentality. Right. So you should find something that you're uh, certainly a little bit passionate or a lot passionate, hopefully, about and work with that because that way you could do it for free. Exactly. You know, that that's exactly my point that I was going to make. You know, the thing that I look at was when he, when he started that business, he never even dreamed that somebody would want to offer him five, you know, almost $6 billion for his company. He probably was real happy with whatever he was getting out of it, you know. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, he was doing something that had not been done before. You know, you can tell his passion over it because he was kind of torn between, should I sell it, should I keep it, you know, and he ultimately decided to sell it. You know, but he knew that he wouldn't be able himself, you know, with the people that he had on staff, he wouldn't be able to sustain and contain the technology. You see, because the technology, once people got a hold of it, it was like, oh, wow, I want to do that too. I want to do that too. So he felt it was better that a larger company could go ahead and go on with it, you know, and they compensated him well. And that's one thing I want to, you know, kind of chime in on with is just focus on what you want to do. The money will come. It will. You know, if you're doing something that you enjoy doing and your goal is being met, don't worry about how much you get paid. Don't worry about it. Money is not a big deal. Money comes and goes. It does. But the difference is if you're doing something, especially like what you do and like what Greg and I do, 
you know, we do things. It's a service to people. We try to help people, help themselves. Right. You know, and so if you're doing that and you can truly see, you know, what 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 I always like to say, you can always see the fruit. <laughs> you know, you if you're planting a seed and then you can see the fruit growing and you're able to, you know, you're able to say, hey, that was, that's, that's fruit from the tree that I planted. That's right. You know, then it doesn't matter if, if they, whether they sell the fruit or get the fruit away. You know, if they sell the fruit and decide to give you some because, hey, you planted that tree, so we're going to, we're going to, uh, take the fruit off of it. We want to buy the fruit. You know, or, hey, we want to use the fruit. We want to use the seed so we can make other trees. And by the way, for your trouble, here, here's something for you. Or if you just enjoy planting the seeds and watching the trees blow, maybe you like the smell of the flowers on the trees. Whatever it is, just focus on the thing that you like doing. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, with the money, let's go to money, because I know people are probably listening and thinking, yeah, well, if you have bills to pay, you know, I mean, I have to think about money. All right, so let's let's break the money thing down. For most people, if you have a day job, keep your day job. Keep your day job and start to build your dream job. Hmm. So hold it down at home with your day job. I'm not telling anybody who has, you know, you have kids, you have responsibilities, no problem. Because I think that what happens for many people is you just want to break free. You want out so badly, you're looking for something to get you out of the rut, the day-to-day. And I'm here to tell you that you can have a 9-to-5 and then still plan your dream, dream life, your dream job on the side. Because what happens is that you will find that the dream job starts to encroach on the 9-to-5. And it moves the 9-to-5 out a little bit more and a little bit more. And one day you don't have to do the 9-to-5 anymore. It all depends on how much energy you're putting into that dream job. That means if you have three kids, all in elementary school, a busy life, a busy home life, a busy church life, that means that, yes, in that 24 hours of the day, you still have to scrape out time to focus and work on your projects. That means you make an office for yourself. You could live in a one-bedroom with ten kids. If the office is the bathroom for a half an hour in the evenings, then that's where the office is. Get it in your mind. Where do I work? Where is my stuff? If you can't afford to put stuff in uh, red wells or fancy plastic containers, forget that. Get yourself a shoebox. Shoebox. Or a couple of shoeboxes. <laughs> and make that your office file cabinet. Take yourself seriously. If you find yourself saying, this is so crazy, I mean, this is nuts. No, it's not nuts. Take yourself seriously and the world will take you seriously. That's if you're selling Avon, sell that Avon. Sell it. Don't Imagine. Give it away if you're supposed to be selling it. <laughs> right. That's right. Or the other part of that is learn to give things away. 
The more you give away for free, and I'm not talking about your Avon necessarily, your products, but the more information, the more stuff you give away for free, the better you are. We talked a little bit earlier about somebody maybe wanting to start a catering business. Well, if you're a really good cook and you have some recipes, start to put your recipes together, put a book together. If you've been cooking your whole life, sit down and say to yourself, can I come up with 35 recipes? Yes, I can. Boom. Go on lulu.com. You can self-publish them. Now you're a cookbook author. So now when you present yourself and you market yourself, you can say, well, um, these are Sunday dishes with Roe, whatever your book is called. You're now an author. I learned a very valuable lesson living in New York, and I don't know if they have this in other towns as much. I don't see it so much other places. But I remember when um, what they call urban literature kind of started emerging. And I remember being going through the streets of New York City and seeing tables with books on the tables. And these guys on the street, they used to sort of sell these books. And, you know, they weren't mainstream books. Simon & Schuster wasn't publishing them. They weren't paying, you know, they are kind of just there. And I remember thinking, oh, who's buying these books? And people would come and they'd buy their books. And those guys on the street corners made some of those authors. The Eric Jerome Dickies and, and a lot of the people that we see now, those books used to be sold on those tables. It started small. It started somewhere. Well, then the publishing houses started to realize, well, wait a minute, people are buying this urban black literature. Well, we didn't think black people were reading like that. Well, surprise, surprise, they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now Simon & Schuster is not only publishing these types of books and uh, Austin Mills and all these big publishing houses, but they're now giving imprints, publishing imprints like sub- sort of subsidiaries to people to publish other books. So you realize that if it's in you, it's there because it needs to come out. I have no desire to be an accountant. It's not in me. That's not my gig. But if you love numbers, then it's your gig. We all don't want the same things, right. but we have to work for whatever it is that we want. That's true. You, you know. You, said, you know what? You I said, oh, go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. You said something about marketing, and I was just thinking. It was just hit me. I, I, I teach an abstinence course. Brian does as well, and we we talk with a lot of youth, a lot of young guys, and I try to uh, hold conversations with these guys. And let me tell you something. A lot of these kids are selling drugs and they're doing a lot of things. But let me tell you, their marketing skills are awesome. Phenomenal. The way the way and their leadership skills are just awesome. They're just using it the wrong way. Right. These kids will tell you, Well, I'll spend a hundred dollars on some drugs and I'll give away fifty dollars worth. Why are you giving it away? Because that's how I get my customers to come back. I give them something and they come back because I know what I have is good. And then they, they, they talk about how they're able to go in and how they're able to go out there and recruit. How can you tell someone it's a good life out here selling drugs, you may get killed, you, you, you may get pulled away from your family, you may go to prison for the rest of your life. How in the world can you talk someone into doing something like that? They have those skills, and when I talk to them, I tell them, listen, we need to turn this around in a positive way. If you like selling dope, become a pharmacist. Get your <laughs> life and do it the right way. You don't have to worry about looking <laughs> over your shoulder 
and, and, and worry about the police coming and all of this crazy mess. Do it the right way. If, you, if you're if you a good leader and you like to sell things, sell houses, you can still use those same skills that you're using out there with other ones. You can use those skills the same exact way, but you know what? They don't know that they could do that. They don't. That's what I'm saying. If you're if you're if you are blind to something, see but what I said earlier about we don't see people around us doing that. The things that we we talk about achieving and we talk about um, manifesting greatness and wonderful things, but we don't see people doing it. So as far as you know, most people are concerned, it's just a it's a fiction. It's a fairy tale. But in terms of the the drug culture in youth, they see it. They yeah. see the drug dealer, they see the cars, they see the money, they see the women, they see everything. So the system works. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, a, it's drugs. But if we take drugs out of it, and let's say we plopped cupcakes in, and they did that same kind of marketing, they can sell anything. And the additional thing with these, these, these kids that they don't realize they have is that they're fearless. Yes. Absolutely. Most no adults – uh, Sorry? <laughs> I said they have absolutely no fear. No fear. So the idea is if I can just convince you that every skill that you have, you could sell rose petals if you wanted and people would buy it. It's because they're not – the drug – I mean, once a person is addicted to drug, we get into a whole other physiological dynamic. But generally speaking, it's, it's the savvy. There are some unsuccessful drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Not every drug dealer is successful. I mean, there's some people who can just maintain a little bit. You know, they, they do a little bit. They end up using their stuff and poof, they're out. But the ones who are, quote, unquote, successful, and I hate to use that word, or the ones who manifest the money by selling drugs are because they have a system set up. And they believe it. That's it. Yeah. And, and it works. So the only thing that you have to do is now change the product. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you said that because I can remember, I can recall there was a drug dealer in my hometown, and he would have meetings. Yep. <laughs> he would have meetings That's with right. his people, with his with his workers. They have a network, and I'm thinking, run like, properly. Serious? Oh no, it's a serious business. Oh, no, you got to be able to work on time, too. Yeah. I mean, he had he had like. Lieutenants, I guess that's what you want to call it. People yep. who went and checked on the workers, people who, who all their job was to do was take care of the money. You know, and I'm thinking, is it that serious? I know you ran it yeah. just like a real company. And those are the most had, successful he even ones. had company parties. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm there thinking, you, go. you know, and I'm thinking, wow. He ran it like a true company. And those are the skills that it's – and, you know, you look at the skill set, and if you even remove the whole formal education from it for a second, in the black community in particular, there are skill sets that, that we have. If you go into any black church and watch how it's function, how it's run, it's run like a corporation. Mm-hmm. It could be a, the small little preacher on the corner storefront church. Get in there with those ladies and their committees. Those women could blow some CEOs out of the water. Mm-hmm. They're structured. They're on time. They have focus. They have planning skills. The skills are already there. The skill sets are already there. If you look at in your life, 
you are functioning on some level. There's something that you do repetitively. There's something that you are good at. If it's getting the potato salad to Aunt Jessie's house on time, on Thanksgiving, that's what you're known for. That's what you do. That's a skill set. Transfer the potato salad. That's right. (laughs) Come and think about how. what are the skills I have. For me, I knew automatically I love to talk. I'm a chatterbox. Well, I obviously got to do something where I can use my mouth. So you build your, 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 your skill set, you build your dreams around that which you already have, and then you start to learn more. Listen to everything. Read everything. Investigate. Ask questions. People love to talk about themselves. So you can ask anybody questions about themselves, and they'll listen, watch, investigate. There's a pattern that, that runs things. Whether it's a drug-dealing operation or it's a, a Fortune 500 company, there is a pattern. You know, I was going to ask uh, earlier, this is something that I've noticed, and this is something that I've talked a lot with, uh, with the youth that I teach abstinence. The one thing that I've found that's so true is that most of us, you know, especially our youth nowadays, but even in, in our generation, most of our what we want and what we think we should have is shaped by the media. Mm-hmm. You know, the media tells you that you have to have a Bentley in order to say you made it. Yes. You know, you can't just drive old pickup truck. You know, the media tells you that you have to wear the $250 red monkey jeans, even when the Levi's fit better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so... Most of our kids and most of our, you know, young adults and sadly to say some of our older adults, they're so shaped and they're so bent on having a particular status that is not really who they are. That they just that they that they, they settle for what everybody else says you're supposed to have. You know, I can remember when I was uh in high school and I was getting ready to go to college and I was thinking about going to the University of Miami. You know, I, I've always been a Canes fan, you know, and I was thinking about going there, so I applied for the University of Miami. I applied for Morehouse. I applied for Florida State, and I applied for FAMU. And I was I was really expecting to get in, you know, to be accepted at all of them. And I was accepted at everywhere except Florida State because they messed up with my paperwork. But anyways, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was accepted of those colleges, but the only one that I could really afford was Florida A&M. You know, uh, Morehouse was 13000 a year. University of Miami was 18000 a year. FAMU was about 3500 a year. That worked. I had scholarships around $4,000 a year. So when you do the math, it worked. <laughs> you know, and people said, well, most people said, you'll never get accepted to that school. You'll never get accepted there. You know, they only take the best of the best. And I say, well, I am the best of the best. There you go. <laughs> you know, and people said, well, you'll never get a four-year scholarship. You'll never get this. You'll never get that. And I say, well, well you'll never get anything that you don't believe you can get. <laughs> you know, and I didn't let them truth. break my stride. You know, but what do you say about you know, I had a I had a whole bunch of questions that I was going to ask you initially, but since we only got five 
minutes left in the They'll show. They'll do a part three. They'll be a part three. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. We'll be back together. We're a team you know, now. I initially wrote it, wrote all my questions down in a who, what, where, when, and why format. Okay. And so I'm just going to ask you these really quick. Okay. That why should we expect great things? I'm not going to do all of them. Just, but why we should we ex- expect great things? I'm going to answer that with a question. Why shouldn't we? <laughs> we have an expectation for something. We're expecting and creating each and every day of our lives. So if I am in the process of creation every day, whether I'm doing it by default or intentionally, why wouldn't I choose to intentionally create the life I want? Hmm. Hmm. Nice <laughs> question. That's it. You know, and then I, I said, what should we really expect out of our lives? You should think of your life as a big adventure. It's a park you walk into and a park you're going to walk out of. And in that park, there's a million and one things to do. And some people stay on one path and go from one end of the park to the other. Some people stop at the benches. Some people go to the monkey bars. Some take the carousel. You should expect in your life to go through that park so that when your day on the planet is over, you greet death exhausted, worn out, that you have used everything up. Use it all. Mm. Try everything. Go places. See things. Talk to people. Do something that you would never do. If you've never been in a museum in your life, get up and go. It may bore you, then be bored. But it now puts you in a different place mentally. Mm-hmm. Constantly strive to increase and change your mentality. Your world will crack wide open. It, it'll amaze you. You know, and it's funny, and Greg, Greg can attest to this, but I, my son was in Cub Scouts for the last two years, and I never really went out into, like, the woods and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I did when I was really young, but only because everybody else was going, they made me go with them. But right. I'm, I'm sort of like a homebody. So the idea of me going out in the woods, I'm thinking, okay, I can go fishing. Now, I'll do some fishing, but I'm not going to hang out with bears and all that stuff. <laughs> but after the first time I went, I got such an I, I mean, I, I got such an appreciation for the outdoors that now, I mean, I went and bought a big tent. I think I'm going to buy another big tent. And go. even though my son's not a Cub Scout anymore, you know, he, he wants to be a Boy Scout. We're still discussing that, grades and all. you got to get those right. But... It's like now I enjoy going out there. I took my daughters this last time, and we carved sticks, and, you know, we had a ball. We went to the uh, – we swam down in a natural spring, mm. and, you know, you it, was just, that. It, was, it was exciting. You know, and I know some people will say, you did what? You slept outside? <laughs> you know, you mean like outside in the woods? Mm-hmm. You know, they, Which is they wonderful. Have, you know? Do they have bathrooms? And like, yeah, they have bathrooms, but you know, some people do it where they don't have any bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, like, they really rough it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, I I decided I wasn't going to do that part. <laughs> you know, but I may one day. You know, because it was just exciting. But you were willing to stretch. Right. That's what it is. You have to be willing to stretch. Stretch. Sometimes when you stretch, you're a little bit uncomfortable. But sit with it for a second, and everything around you will adjust. So you just stretch, stretch, get a, an idea. 
we had a guest on our show, Miss Beck, and I'll say this is real quick. She said, with exposure comes expansion. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Greg, we got a, just under a minute left, so make it quick. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. Oh. I just wanted to say that to Miss Beck, and we can let her close the show out. Go right ahead, Miss Beck. Give out your information. We got about 40 seconds. Okay. Well, I'm Ro Beck. My website is www.maximumlifecoaching.com, and you can reach me there. Send me an email at speaking to empower at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'll take your questions. I promise to write you back. And please, I, I, like I, you know, I say all the time, manifest your maximum. Share your gifts. If it's in you, it's in you for a reason. You are supposed to give birth to these wonderful things. So go out there, manifest your maximum, make a plan, and stick to it. And then that's it for me. All right. We thank you, and God bless. See you see all on Wednesday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.